Hello, this is Janet from JanetSandberg.com, and you're listening to the Phoenix Wisdom Podcast, the weekly show that talks to peers and professionals who open up about their darkest moments when they felt like ending it all, why they didn't, and how they transformed their lives in order to triumph over the darkness and despair. Please remember to subscribe if you'd like to hear more inspiring stories. Hello, and welcome back to the Phoenix Wisdom Podcast. Today, we are here with Amy Bolter. I don't know if I'm saying that correctly, but we'll let her introduce herself and say her name the proper way if I mispronounced it. No, you got it. Uh, Yeah, I'm Amy Bolter, and I'm a mom to one three-year-old. I'm married. I work a corporate job, and I also help people with their health. Um, and I live just outside of Minneapolis, Minnesota. Wonderful. Thank you so much for being here today and being willing to share your story and help our listeners feel less alone in the world with everything that they're going through, because that is, I think that's the biggest thing for a lot of us. I was talking to somebody, um, just recently about how we sort of, get into this terrible cycle where we don't want to burden people with what we're going through. So we don't tell them, but then they can't help us because we're not telling them. And it just sort of keeps going because we're so good at faking it most of the time and passing for like, you know, well-adjusted people, even though we're not. And yeah, like we, we so desperately want somebody to know what we're going through, but we're so afraid that they either they won't understand or just that we don't want to burden them. So yeah, this is kind of why I started the podcast is so that if we don't want to burden those close to us, we can at least listen to other people's stories and know that when we're going through this stuff that we're not alone because there's loads and loads of us that have been there and, and survived and, and gotten to some pretty good places in life. So let's start with your story, Amy. Um, Where were you? What was going on when you were at your lowest low, when you thought that maybe you, you wouldn't or shouldn't be here anymore? Yeah. So for me, that culminated about five to six years ago, like 2017, 2018. um, I had sort of I sort of struggled with like anxiety and depression a lot of my teenage years, but it seemed manageable and I was playing sports and I, I had things that managed it, um, for me. And then 2017, I moved across the country. So I'm going through a big adjustment there. Mm -hmm. We're trying to have a baby. We're going through infertility. And then I was really close to my dad's dad and he passed away. And I was fortunate, fortunate enough that I worked in mental health for 15 years. So I knew I needed some grief therapy, but that opened a whole world of like childhood Mm -hmm. trauma and all these other things that I hadn't dealt with. Um, and then going through infertility and all of that, it just really culminated. And I started drinking more, which is always not a great idea. It's like, you know, Mm -hmm. let's take gasoline and throw it on the fire, but it seemed like 
a coping mechanism at the time. Seemed like a good idea at the time. <laughs> <laughs> like, I was like, well, I'm so miserable. I can get to, you know, six o'clock and have some drinks. Um, and that obviously like doesn't help the infertility or any of that. Mm-hmm. Um, I just remember sitting there like day after day and I had, you know, from the outside, I had a really good life. I'm a newlywed. We just moved into a house. We're by our in-laws. We have pets and yeah, we're not getting pregnant right now, but people who haven't walked that journey too, they kind of go, well, you get more time with your spouse, enjoy it. And you're like, I just want a baby. Like, yeah. Um, yeah. So from the outside, it looked really, really good to people, but I would sit there on my couch and just like cry every night. And, um, I just remember thinking, is this my life? Like, am I just, am I going to be one of these people that stays down forever? You know, like, what do I do? I need meds. Like, what do I, I had no idea where to start, even though I had worked in mental health for 15 years, I had no idea where to start that journey for myself. Yeah. It's a lot different than when you're in it, than when you're, you know, looking at other people or helping other people with their story. You have a lot more objectivity when you're helping somebody else, because you can sort of pick out those little bits that are maybe more important and be like, let's start here. But when you're in it, it's all just equally bad. <laughs> yeah. You know, you're just like, I don't even know where to start or what to do. So, and yeah, that is a lot to be going through, you know, uplifting yourself and and moving your whole life across the country and um, infertility, which is huge um, and just so much all at once. And the grief, the grief alone is, you know, is any one of those three things alone is a lot to deal with, but yeah, that is a lot. So where did you start? What did you end up doing? Um, it was a really just kind of throw things at the wall and see what sticks for myself kind of process. And, and I will say that it it actually kind of got worse before it got better for me. So Mm -hmm. I initially started with some therapy, but then, like I said, like that stirred up all this trauma and then you're, you're dealing with trauma on top of depression. And so that really kicked up just some, you know, thoughts of not wanting to be here for me. Um, I had, kind of thought out some plans, but then I also knew I didn't want my husband to go through that because we had lost a friend to suicide. And I just knew Mm. how devastating that was. Um, I tried to get back into exercise, but honestly I could barely get out of bed. So I joined a CrossFit gym and paid way too much money for something I didn't (laughs) do. (laughs) Um, but I, I kind of got to this point where it was like, okay, just keep, just keep taking a step. Right. And so I, I got to a point where for me, it just was like, do one thing to take care of yourself every day. It doesn't have, it doesn't have to be like, you know, huge, but it was like, make sure you get your shower today. Or like, if you don't get your shower, make sure you're eating today. And I just, I started slowly just doing something for myself each day that was good and was healthy. And then, um, we did end up getting pregnant and that's, that kind of turned things around. But then when I said like, it gets worse before it gets better then I hit postpartum after that. So that was a period. And then I went into like postpartum and started drinking even more again after I was done breastfeeding. And it just was like, 
okay, at this point I have a child, so I really have to get serious. So I actually ended up going on medication then. Um, and it was like smack dab in the middle of the pandemic. So I saw someone virtually. <laughs> oh my goodness. But I will say for me, like that medication, it gave me clarity. Like mm-hmm. I had I had not been on it, right? Like I was trying therapy and these other things. And for me at that point, getting on that medication probably saved my life. Yeah. Yeah. That, that, that was for me too. You know, I, I tried for so long and so hard to, to avoid the meds, which I had tried, you know, probably 10 years earlier and I didn't like them, but there's a lot of science goes into pharmaceuticals. So like a 10 year gap, I'm like, oh, this is a totally different thing now. (laughs) Um, But yeah, you sort of get to that crisis point where you're like, okay, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's meds and my life or it's, it's not, you know? Yeah. Um, I mean, I was, I really so. felt like I was at a point where it was like, I don't want to die, but like, I wanted to die. And so it's like, I knew I couldn't do that to like, my daughter was like a year and a half old and I'm like, all right, we have to do something big here. And it, it started there, you know? And like, I think what I would say to anyone is like, just start with one thing. It doesn't have to be everything. I mm-hmm. think people see people doing well and they're like, Oh, they work out and they do this and they do this, but it didn't start. Like, I don't think any of us started there. None of us started. No. (laughs) Yeah. You start with one little thing, like let's move from the bed to the couch today. Like let's have a shower today. Let's eat one healthy thing today. Let's have an apple, you know, or, um, and, and yeah, it's, it doesn't have to be all of those things. You don't have to move from the bed to the couch and have a shower and have an apple all in one day, like to start off with, like, cause even that, like it is a lot on, yeah. on the bad days. So, and maybe let's try to not have a drink today or have half as much as you would have, like, just start cutting back if, yeah, you know, if, or, you know, if it's, it's weed or whatever your escape is. Um, you know, just, just have a little bit less to start with. Well, and for me going on the meds is what got me off of drinking because I knew, you know, obviously having worked in that field for a long time, I knew that like the meds don't mix with alcohol. So for me, I'm like, why would I take something to help me while I'm equally taking something to ruin that? So that, you know, that one little thing or not so little thing is starting the meds because it's a big thing. Um, Mm -hmm. It's a big decision. okay now I'm going to cut back on drinking cutting back on drinking meant okay now I can get up in the morning and have some intentional time for myself and and journal and then oh okay I'm up early anyway and I have nothing really to do let's go do like a 10 minute workout downstairs right so it's just like it all kind of starts to build on it but it's it's like blocks it's taking one and putting it on top of the next yeah And yeah, and the same with working out, you know, you can just do 10 minutes, you don't have to do a full half hour or um, so I'm, I'm originally from Canada, and we used to have this show on TV when I was little, um, probably on our equivalent of PBS or something, and it was called the 20 minute workout. And, you know, it's, it's the, the ladies and their leotards and leg warmers, and it was pretty even at the time was pretty awful, but their point was, you know, you could take that half hour block. Cause of course there's commercials, um, and just do that. And that that's good for the day. And it doesn't have to be, you know, a full hour at CrossFit, 
know, yep. Yep. you can do it in your living room. You can just, you know, do some jumping jacks and do whatever, or, you know, whatever feels good to you do some yoga, you know, whatever it is for you that day. And you can start a workout and then go, this isn't for me today. I, I tried to honor my body and yeah. And I just don't have the energy and this isn't working, but I attempted it. And then, you know, I think you, the more you do that, you like build trust with yourself. So you're like, okay, I, I don't, you, I think dropping that veil of perfectionism sometimes too really helps with just understanding that we're human. We give so much grace oftentimes to others. Like we're Absolutely. so kind to the neighbor or the friend who's struggling, but like, we'll tell ourselves we have to get everything right. And I think sometimes when we peel that off, it, it just helps us. It just helps us understand that like we're a human and we're allowed to falter. And, um, but that's hard. That's like a learned thing too. Yeah. Yeah. And it's so important to just, yeah, do a little bit, be okay with just doing a little bit, be okay with trying, be okay with allowing yourself to be like, this isn't for me today. And, you know, even if you've said, I'm going to work out for 10 minutes, like you said, and maybe 10 minutes isn't in your capacity. Once you get started, you're like, Ooh, no, three is good today. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, just allowing yourself that, that grace and that forgiveness to, to just do whatever you can. Yeah. So I love that. I love that. Just, just starting slow. And, um, where are you now? What's, what's life like the, a few years later? Yeah. So, um, my daughter's three now. So like a year and, you know, we're about a year and a half, a little bit longer into all this. Um, but one of the things I found for me is I really had to create like a solid set routine. So like I talked about this led to this led to this. And now it's like, I have this really nice self time in the morning and it never looks the same. Like I don't, I don't journal every day. I don't get to the gym every day, but I try and be very intentional with the things I do. Mm -hmm. Um, I also in, in just because my background's in mental health, I feel like when we walk through tough things, it's kind of our job to reach back and pull other out, others out of the fire. Um, I love that. Yes. Yeah. So I'm um, back in school right now for a health coaching cert um, because I found a lot of holistic things to really be helpful to me. I do homeo homeopathy. Um, I eat in a very like nutritious way. Um, and so now I'm kind of at that point where it's like, I'm pretty, pretty well managed. I can really pick up if I start to take a couple, you know, you, you start to feel those like three or four days in a row and you're like, Oh, I'm not heading in a good direction. What's going on here. I'm pretty good at picking that up and like re adjusting and like recalibrating now. Um, I, we moved homes. We have a really beautiful home. Um, our old home held a lot of like just bad memories for me, like with mm -hmm. and things like that. So that's yeah. been really good. And we live by a walking trail that I walk like four seasons of the year. Um, but just really being mindful and, and managing things, I would say is where, where things are at, just staying, staying on top of it, staying aware. Good. Yeah. Super important. Mm -hmm. And, and yeah, like you said, with, with the food, especially like that's kind of one of the first things that I notice as well. Like if I'm suddenly not making an effort or not really suddenly, but I notice it suddenly, yeah. I'm not making an effort to eat the good things where I'm just grabbing a box of crackers or having a bowl of cereal or doing the easy foods. And I'm like, ah, 
there's, there's more going like what's going on that I'm not putting the effort in. Why am I feeling, um, you know, low or just it, it's the external stuff that is sort of the clue to what's going on internally. Yeah. Yeah. And it's interesting because like we, we lost our dog, our 13 year old dog this year. And like, some people are like, well, that's a pet. But to me, like that was my baby before my baby. And I had her husband and I made it through that grief cycle much better. But I think we learn tools along the way. And it's so important to like, keep our tools sharp, keep our toolbox handy. Um, I think we do ourselves a disservice if we ever go, I'm past this. And that's, that can never happen to me again. I can never fall back down again. Um, so I think staying vigilant is so important. And like, you, you know, you talked about, okay, I'm eating this way or, um, but I find that for myself too. Like if I start kind of slack at work or like these little, little things, they become the big things. So I just try and stay really aware of all that. Yeah. Yeah. And one of the things that, um, has come up in, in the conversations that I'm having on the podcast are that sort of once we've been there to that really low spot where we've considered that we don't want to be here anymore, it comes back that much easier. Like it, mm-hmm. it takes us a long time to get to that place. Um, the first time, yeah. But then sort of on our healing journey, as we're climbing our, our way back out of that pit, it's easier to fall back down. So mm-hmm. it doesn't take as much to sort of knock us back down to that place. So being really vigilant helps us catch ourselves before we get all the way back down there again. Yeah, it, that's, it's so true. It's like one of those ones where, like I said, like, I kind of have to watch it because like three, four days, you know, I can start to really notice a downward trend. And I tell my husband now, I was like, you know, what took me years to get to before I could probably get there in like a week or two if I wasn't taking care of myself. Like, I just know that now. And, um, you know, even as women, I think I have PCOS. So like around my cycle, my, my food just, (laughs) it just goes everywhere. And I noticed that even on my cycle, I'm like, why am I feeling this way? And then I'm like, oh, okay this is what's going on, but I have to even stay aware of like that for myself, like my cycle and how that's affecting things. Yeah. Yeah. I do that. I also have PCOS and it affects everybody in a different way. Um, for those of you listening who don't know what it is, it's polycystic ovarian syndrome. Mm -hmm. Um, and because it's a syndrome, everybody, there's like a gazillion different symptoms and everybody has a different concoction of them and it affects everybody differently. Um, but, uh, not so much anymore as I get older, I guess, cause my hormones are doing different things instead, but I used to be really moody and I get really snappy and I, I just like, oh my God, like I would forget that, you know, there's something wrong with me. <laughs> I would just be like, why am I so moody all the time? And I'm like, oh yeah. Cause I have a permanent hormone imbalance. I'm like constantly PMSing basically. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's a wild, so. it's a wild ride. And like you couple that in with like going through anything yeah. mental wise, like, you know, it's just, it can just throw you into a tailspin so quickly. So it's just, even for that, it's like, we talk, when we talk about nutrition, like I've stayed so vigilant in my nutrition just for like managing that. And PCOS usually comes with depression and anxiety. So yeah. 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 So good, uh, 
tip, I guess, for, for our female followers. Um, even if you don't have PCOS and your hormones aren't like super wild, um, just, just regular, you know, monthly, monthly hormone fluctuations can, you know, just like what works for you one week, isn't going to work for you the next week. And that in itself can be super frustrating, but that could be why, you know, if you're like, but this was working last week. Why, why isn't it having the same effect this week? Well, because you're a different person this week and you'll be a different person again next week. Yeah. And that's like a, um, so I haven't started the book yet, but I'm going to read this book wild power. And one of the things that talks about a lot in there is just for women, we're very cyclical beings and our world is designed really in this like 24 hour cutoff kind of way. And that's not really always what's best for us because of like our hormonal cycles and stuff. So of course there's circadian rhythm and you want to get your sleep and, and, and all those things, but also like living in this rigid structure sometimes is really bad. So just figuring out how to make that, I mean, we, we can't quit it, right? Like we can't necessarily change it, but like making it work for you, um, and building in those times to take care of yourself. And also for like moms, I mean, you look at anywhere on the internet and they tell you you're selfish as a mom to take care of yourself first. But like for just people, moms who are listening, like if you don't take care of yourself, you will end up in this dark place again. And then like, how are you taking care of your kids then? Like when you're kind of in your bed for a week or two weeks or three weeks. So like, I would argue it's, it's, it's more selfless to take care of yourself. And make sure like you're taking your meds, you're getting your walk-in, you know, the things you need to, to be there and be there for your kids. Yes. Yeah. And I look back now and I, I don't know how, cause I, I was a single mom, um, for my kids when they were like 10 and 12 up until now. And they're, you know, 21 and 23. Um, and I'm just like through their teenage years, I'm like, how? how did that happen? Because I was so not there, like mentally and emotionally, a lot of the time, like, I have no idea. Like, and I think it's worse than it was, you know, I just feel like I spent my whole time on the couch feeling terrible and, and contemplating, you know, not being here many, many times. Um, and I guess I did a pretty decent job of hiding it and and being functional when the kids were around. You know, I guess I did a lot of that maybe when they were at school and and pulled myself together when they got home so they didn't really notice it. But yeah, like and and going back to doing what you can, you know, do what you can when you can. Rest and and take care of yourself when the kids aren't there so that you can be there for them when they are there. So, and when they're little, they're, you know, and they're home all the time, it's a lot harder, but just, yeah, make some, make some time to, to take care of yourself. Yeah. Do you have any, any last words of wisdom for our listeners? I would just say really do your best to be introspective. And if you feel like something's not working for you, feel okay to walk away from it. Like I, I sat in a job for a long time that it wasn't working for me. It was not good for my mental health. And I know it's easier said than done, especially when there's money and there's paychecks and things like that involved. But I think, man, I look back and when I was in that job, I, I was in a position where it's like, I won't make this much money if I go anywhere else. But I was like crying every day on the way home 
I lived in Florida at the time. I drove over a bay every day. And I don't know if I can say this or if this is something. Yeah, um, you can I say would, anything you want. I would think about driving my car off that bridge every single day because I just hated that job so much. I didn't hate my husband. I didn't hate my home. I didn't hate my pets. That job made me so miserable. And if you have anything like that in your life, just understand you can walk away. You can walk away from people. <laughs> like if they're, yes. you don't have to keep family in your life. You don't have to keep friends in your life. Like while you're healing and while you're getting yourself well, you can walk away from anything that doesn't serve you and don't be afraid to do that. Yes. Yes. I love that. And yeah, no job is worth contemplating driving off of a bridge every day. (laughs) No amount of money is worth that. No. (laughs) And it wasn't even really good money. It's just like I was young. So it was like good money for being young. (laughs) Right. Well, it's all all relative. (laughs) Yeah. All relative what, you know, but anyways, I will let you get back to your little one. Thank you so much for taking the time to talk to me and share your story with us today. I appreciate you. Yeah. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening. Remember that you are loved, you are worthy, you are valuable, you are meant for more, and that it really does get better. If you are in crisis, there are numbers that you can call or text to get the help that you need. That information for Canada and the U.S. is in the description below each episode. If you are in immediate crisis, please call 911. We love you, and I hope you'll listen again.